0: In this Sikha, the Rebbe is going to be starting to discuss the Pasuk, loyish boisu, which simply is referring to the fact that the Abishta was promising after the Mabul that no longer will there be an interruption to the regular order of the world, including day and night, everything will continue running normally. But from this Pasuk, says the Rebbe, loyish boisu, that day and night will not cease, the Gemara learns that a goy, that a goy that, Rested that kept Shabbos is Chayav Misa because the Possek says lo that day and night they should not cease, they should not stop working. And furthermore, the Gemara says that azhar or shelohen, the fact that they are warned about not doing something that itself is already sufficient for them to be liable for the death penalty. Then the Gemara adds and says. Omer avino, afilu what does it mean, even on Monday? So Rashi explains that what Ravina is telling us, that this din of loyish boysu is not only that they're not allowed to keep Shabbos, which is a day of rest for the Yidden. Not only is it telling us they're not allowed to keep Sunday, which is the day that the Noitzrim keep as their day of rest. But any sort of rest is not allowed to them, meaning they're not allowed to take off work even on another day, which is not officially even a day of rest. However, from the Rambam says the Rebbe, it seems to be implied that the Easter of rest by B'nai Noyach, even on a weekday, is not because they're not supposed to be taking a day of rest, because any day of rest is usher to them, meaning that rest per se is a problem, but rather it is because we don't allow them to make a new religion and to start making up mitzvahs on their own. And therefore, the halacha is that a guy that kept Shabbos even on any of the weekdays, he's chayiv misa. but this is only if he's keeping it as Shabbos. In other words, the problem is that he's making it as if he has a day of Shabbos. Which from this we understand that according to the Rambam loyish boisu. Means that Goyim are not allowed to keep Shabbos or make another day like Shabbos. So it's again not so much about the fact that they're not actually working, but that they're making it as a special day of Shabbos. So we need to understand according to the Rambam. What is the connection of this love, of this loy, of this prohibition that B'nei Noyach are not allowed to keep Shabbos or another day like Shabbos? What does that have anything to do with the simple meaning of loyish boisu that the seasons and the days won't stop that there won't be any sort of interruption in the regular order of the world of the various different seasons and day and night and so on in other words according to Rashi that the problem is that we don't want to go to take be taking a day off work so we understand the connection between the two different concepts that we understand Loish boyu means in other words, there is not supposed, to, won't be, and therefore there shouldn't be any sort of interruption. That's what Layish Yishboisu means. As Rashi explains, Layush boisu is referring not only to the times of the year, but rather there shouldn't be any sort of interruption, and that includes human beings as well, that they shouldn't stop doing work, so the seasons don't stop, the sun, the moon, and all of the other things related to the seasons don't stop, and people are not supposed to stop working. So it's all connected. But according to the Rambam, that this... Ashara, this warning of loyish boisu for goyim means not the fact that they're not supposed to be stopping from work, taking a day off work, but rather they're not supposed to be making a day into a special day of Shabbos. The question then is, what is the connection of this prohibition with the simple idea of loyish boisu that the seasons don't stop? The Rebbe now turns to a medrash, and the Rebbe says this same idea of loyish boisu is also brought in the medrash on the pasuk. Moesha Rabbeinu is telling, the Yidden that Hashem gave you Shabbos. Says the Medrash, Lachem nitno was given to you and not to the Goyim, from which we learned that if a Goy comes along and keeps Shabbos, not only don't they get reward, but in fact they are chayav Misa. Then the Medrash brings our same pasuk because the pasuk says, yishboisu, and then brings another pasuk Beini vain b'nei Yisroel, that Shabbos is a sign between Hashem and the B'nei Yisrael. And the medrash goes on to give a marshal of a king sitting with his queen right opposite him. And someone is just going to pass in between them. Then he's going to be chayev. In a similar way, this is something special for Shabbos. is between Hashem and the Bnei Yisrael. No one else is supposed to be sort of coming and claiming the rights to Shabbos. The Rebbe clarifies that even though the medrash connects the idea of loyish boisu by goyim with this idea, of In other words, that there's something special about Shabbos that only Yidin get to keep. Nevertheless, it does not have to mean that there's any argument over here between the Medrash and the Gemara. In other words, the fact that Yidin are being given Shabbos, it's only for Yidin and not to goyim, could still, imp- could still have the same idea that the Gemara says that they're not allowed to keep a different Shab day as well. In other words, it's not only the day of Shabbos, the seventh day, but also the general idea of Shabbos, a day of rest, whichever day it's going to be, as the Gemara says, "Afilu sheni b'Shabbos," even if it's on a Monday. So generally, the Medrash could definitely still be working along with the Gemara. But we just had two Pirushim, Rashi and the Rambam. So which one does the Medrash go according to? Says the Rabbits understood that according to the Medrash, the problem with a guy resting on Shabbos is not the fact that they're just not doing work, taking a day off work, which is what Rashi says. But rather, they're not supposed to be making a day like Shabbos, like the Rambam says. But there's still a difference between the Rambam and the Medrash, says the Rebbe. According to the Rambam, the problem is, why are they not allowed to keep Shabbos? Because they're not not supposed to be starting to make a new religion, starting to make up their own mitzvahs and so on. According to the Medrash, it's something different. Because Shabbos is given only to Yidin and not to Goyim. So Goyim have no place, so to speak, within the area of Shabbos says that Rebbe, so we need to understand, according to the Medrash. First of all, we'll have the same question that we had earlier. What is the connection between the Isur of making a day of Shabbos, uh, any day into Shabbos? What does that have anything to do with lo boisu in the simple sense, which we said means that the seasons won't stop and day and night won't stop? Because the medrish also brings this pasuk, And a, a bigger question, or another question is, why in fact, is the concept of Shabbos so removed and negated from B'nei Noyach, from Goyim, that they're not allowed to make a day of Shabbos, not even another day as Shabbos? Seemingly, it should be just the opposite. The pasuk Vayechal HaLikim by that Hashem finishes doing the work and He rests on the seventh day, this is something that seemingly has nothing to do just with Yidin, as in the case of Yitzias Mitzrayim, which is particular for Yidden or other other things. But this is something to do with the creation itself, so Shabbos should also have something to do with the way Goyim behave. And yet, not only are we telling goy he doesn't have to keep Shabbos, but in fact, he's not allowed to keep Shabbos. Says the Rebbe, the question is even bigger. Why are Yidin keeping Shabbos? What is Shabbos to do with? Yidin are told not to do any work on Shabbos. The Rebbe is quoting the Sefer, Achinuch over here, to set in our souls... To affix in our souls the Amunah that Hashem is the one that created the world. In other words, that the world is not something that was here chas all the time, but rather was created by Hashem. Now, if you're telling me that bnei noach not only they don't have to keep Shabbos, but they're not allowed to keep Shabbos, does it mean that we're holding back from them this Amunah that Hashem created the world? How can that make sense? Says so the Rebbe, we're going to understand this by first explaining that within, when we look at the world, and the difference that happened in the world after the Mabul, compared to the way the world was before the Mabul, we find what seems to be two extremes, or two opposites. On the one hand, we see that after the Mabul, the world has gotten this promise, and therefore this strength of what we said, boy, so that things from now on will not cease, will not stop. In other words, the strength of the world now became in a much greater and way than it was, the way it was before, as it was created, when Hashem created it. Now it's much stronger in a sense. There's no chance of it being destroyed. In other words, as far as the creation from Hashem originally, even though it says that Hashem saw that, that everything He made was beautiful and good, and yet it was possible that as a result of sin, there could be an interruption to the order of the world. regrets what He has made and now He wants to destroy mankind and destroy the world. But after the Mabel, Hashem is now swearing, He's making a bris, He's making a covenant, that no matter what's going to happen and how people are going to behave, there will never be an interruption anymore to the order of the world. That's all on the one hand. Seemingly, the world is a stronger world than it was before. On the other hand, we find that there's a certain weakness in the world now compared to before the Mabel. For example, to quote the Ramban, until the Mabul people lived very, very long years, many years. And since the Mabul, it started getting shorter and shorter, the lifespan of a person. So how do these two things go together? So the explanation is, since the Torah, the world was created for the sake of Torah. In fact, Asha made a condition with the creation itself, that He's only going to keep them if He didn't accept the Torah. Now, we know that the idea of Matan Torah was the connection between the Elyoinim and Tachtoinim, the upper realms and the lower ones. And therefore, within the world itself, there also needs to be this concept of Elyoinim and Tachtoinim. So we have the two aspects of the upper and the lower. And then at Matan Torah, and even earlier, we know there's a concept called Shnei Alofim Torah. There's the two millennia that start some of it quite a bit before Matan Torah which all started already a preparation to Ma'at and, Torah, and now is going to come this, this idea of connecting these two aspects of the world, the El and the Tachtoinim. And we should be able to have that connection, that um, combination between the Tachtoinim and the El go The lower ones will go up, the upper ones will come down, and so on. Says the Rebbe, in these two aspects of the world, in the El and the Tachtoinim, there's a difference before the Mabul and after the Mabul. In other words, before the Mabul, the world generally was more like in a, more of an Elioinim aspect. It's more coming mitzad It's more coming from the way Hashem created the world. On the other hand, after the Mabul, the world is more associated with as things are from the world's perspective, from lamata coming from bottom up, as will soon be explained. But first, the Rebbe turns to something else, and this is the story of the rainbow. The pasuk says. Again, after the Mabel, Hashem says, I'm going to make my rainbow in the clouds. It's going to be a sign as a covenant between me and the and earth, that there will not not be a destruction, there won't be a Mabel anymore. So the Mepharshim asks, seemingly, the idea of a rainbow is a very natural thing, where we have the sun rays that are going through in a specific way, coming through the clouds, and as a result of this, this colorful rainbow coming out, So how can we say that this is an ois bris, this is Hashem's sign of a covenant? And what's answered on this is that this very nature itself, that the sun rays and the clouds are in a particular way, that that's the way these sun rays, the rays are now going to come out in the form of a rainbow, is something that specifically happened only after the Mabul. Why is that and how is that? Before the Mabul, the very ear in the world, the atmosphere itself, was a much more coarse air. And therefore, even the clouds, which are coming from the mist that's coming up from the earth, were also more coarse, more materialistic, and weren't able to absorb and then reflect back that light of the sun. And this is why we didn't have the rainbow at the time. It's only after the world itself became more purified. So then the clouds themselves also became more purified, not as coarse, not as thick. And so that sometimes, to the extent that it could even mirror and reflect these colors of of the sunlight. And the Rebbe says the same thing is true, before the Mabul, the world was in a very, very lowly level, to the extent that it wasn't even able to be elevated, and and because of that we had the Mabul. The whole point of the Mabul was actually coming to purify the earth, so it should be able to be Possible, this whole concept of avoidance, that we can now take things of the earth and the world and elevate them and bring them up. Says the Rebbe, this is why the rainbow is that sign, that covenant between Hashem and the earth, because the keshas, the rainbow itself, is what's expressing this purification that happened in the earth. Says the Rebbe, if that's the case, we need to understand. This idea of why does the earth need to be purified, seemingly it came because... We had a situation that in the Deir Marble, the whole place was very corrupt and full of robbery. And we understand that because the Gashmi is the world was like that. As the Apostlech says, nosan beliebum, beliebum, That the world itself is all, as Zoya explains, what this means is, that it's all as a result of what's happening in the heart of a person, the way a person is behaving. That's the way, what causes things to happen in the whole world. So, the sins of the people also caused that the world itself became a very coarse, materialistic, lowly world. And it's this sort of tumba, this sort of coarseness and materialism that the Mabul came to remove. So the Rebbe is now asking, based on what we said before, that the concept of a kesha, the concept of a rainbow happens after the Mabul. Why? Because at this time, the clouds and the world itself are purer, are more refined. That's why they could be bringing out these beautiful colors of the rainbow, reflecting the sunlight, etc. But what seems to be is that through the mabul, not only did it become pure from that tumor, from the destruction, from the corruption of the Dura mabul, but it's seemingly more pure now than it was even before the sins of the Dura mabul, or even more than it was in the beginning of the creation, because the concept of a rainbow didn't exist before the sins, and even from the very beginning of creation, there was no rainbow. Again, the rainbow represents that the world is on such a high, pure level, Then why is it that the rainbow wouldn't have existed before the times of the corruption of the marble? says that, but the explanation is like this. In the beginning of creation, the shalemus, the perfection, the wholesomeness of the world, was more about not so much the nature and the characteristic of the world itself, but more because of the way it was created. Hashem created it in that way. As it says, Oilam al-Milui, Nivra, Hashem created a beautiful, perfect, great world. The world was created in a way that it was al complete, um, in absolute perfection. But that the world on its own, from its own, should be able to be purified, should be able to come to a state of elevation. This is what happens at the time at the Mabal and through the Mabul. In other words, Hashem is now giving a new ability, new characteristic in the world, that the world itself, should be able to be elevated, should be able to be purified, not only because of what's being given or shined into it. Says so, that this is the reason why, specifically, then do we have this new concept of a rainbow. In other words, even though, as we said, the rainbow is happening because of the rays of the sun, together with the clouds, but the main thing is more really to do with the clouds, not so much with the rays of the sun itself. Now, Baruchni is Shemesh, is also hinting to Shemesh Havaya, godliness. In other words, the light of the sun, or the light of, when we speak about Hashem, the light of godliness, is pure, so to speak, no color at all. It's now going to be subdivided into all of these beautiful colors of the rainbow as a result of the clouds which are coming from the mist, which is coming up from the ground. And these, this mist, this vapor that's coming now up from the ground, is now in a much more purified way, as we said that it could reflect the light of the sun. But since, as we said, this whole concept that the earth should be elevated, that the world itself should be able to be, become purified and elevated, not only because of what's being coming down into it, but from its own, it itself should be transformed as something that only happens after the Mabul. This is why it's only then that we now have this concept of a rainbow. In other words, it's not even the beginning of creation. Hashem is now made that the, on the cloud, which is again coming from the mist that's coming up from the earth, it could now contain this concept of a rainbow. In other words, that this in this mist that's coming up from the ground, should be able to be purified in a way that we could see through it the light of the sun. So again just to summarize, the main point of what we're speaking about so far is that before the Mabul, and even before the sins of the Mabul, whatever was in the world was the light of Hashem. That's coming down, but only coming down milamayla. In other words, it's not really impacting or changing. The world itself didn't change yet. Whereas the whole idea of once the mabul purified the world, now the world itself is more Shaykh, to become elevated, to become transformed. And therefore also reflect the light of the sun. Says the Debe, now we can understand why the way Hashem creates the world initially and where way Hashem's rotson to create the world, even when it's by Yara, the kim is kol Asher also, when Hashem sees that with everything that he made, it's all very beautiful, it's all very fine, and yet that, that still didn't stop a of Hashem coming and destroying the world because of all the corruption and the evil in the world. And that after the Mabul, Hashem does make this promise that even if the world is going to be in a state where there may be a consideration to bring destruction, and yet, he will not destroy the world. Why is that? Because I said before, since the fact that the world was created a perfect world, it's more coming because that's the way Hashem is creating it. In other words, it's not coming from the characteristic, from the idea, from the essence of the world itself. Therefore, when there's a sin, which is something that's removing the world from what Hashem wants, what does this cause? It causes the world to be, to, to go down to such a degree that it's even possible... That it's not even that it's not even possible, not as possible to even elevate it. In other words, it became so far, so removed, because everything that was in it was only coming so far milama from above. And since in the case of the Daira Mabul, the Daira Mahabul became so corrupt, Vati or is being filled with robbery, therefore, coming from the world's perspective itself, there's no room even, no possibility to be elevated, to be refined. In fact, says the Rebbe, this is another, this is also a panimistic reason why it is that all of the rebuke of Noyach and his warnings that Hashem is going to bring a mabul, whereas that not them to Chuva? In other words, that whole potential for the tshuva concept didn't really exist in the world. And this is why there's no reason, there's no point anymore in leaving over this matzius, this world. And by Yenochem Hashem, Hashem, so to speak, regrets that He makes man and He says, I'm going to erase Him. Because since the world has gone down to such a level, distant itself, so far from Hashem, so there's no longer anymore Hashem's desire in this world. But what happens after the Mabul? Since now we have a concept that the world could be purified, the world could be elevated from the world itself, the world itself is now standing in a way that has that potential for elevation. So even when it is in a lowly state, it could be elevated, it could be refined through tshuva. And therefore, Hashem makes this covenant, Hashem makes this promise, that no longer will everyone be destroyed, and there will no longer be a Mabel. No matter how far the world has come down, there's always now that potential for coming back. Says the Rebbe, now we could also understand, going back to those two extremes that we said before, that happened in the world after the Mabel. On the one hand, we said it's a very strong world now, so it's no longer going to stop. On the other hand, we said that now the lifespan of a person is shorter says that these two ideas are not only not a contradiction to each other, but in fact they're coming from the very same Nakuda from the same point that happens after the Mabul. And what is that? Well, we just explained that now the world is existing, not so much only because of Lamaila, but because of Lamata, because of the world itself. In other words, before the world, the creation of the world, the existence of the world, was all because that's what Hashem wanted. was all coming because of the kindness of Hashem. But after we have now this concept that the world is being purified through the Mabul, Hashem is now creating the world and giving it its existence because of its union. In other words, because of the quality of the earth itself, because it itself contains this idea of purification and elevation. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand how this very point is really the cause for both of these ideas that on the one hand, since the world itself is now deserving that Hashem should be creating it, Hashem is shanisi, Hashem doesn't change. So since the world itself is standing in a state of purification, is deserving that Hashem should keep it in existence, therefore it stays in a way of loyish yishboi, so like Hashem doesn't change, the world is going to remain the whole time not without a change. On the other hand, this itself that after the Mabel, Hashem is keeping the world in existence is because of the world, that itself is also the reason why, in a certain sense, there's a certain weakness in the world. And as we said, the lifespan of people are shorter. Why is that? Because it's based on the limitations, the measurements of the creations. Not like before the Mabul, where the existence of the world was purely by the chesed of Hashem, so therefore they lived long. In other words, the idea being is that when it's coming from, such a, from, coming from, from Hashem, so obviously their, their lifespan is going to be a longer lifespan. If it's coming because of the people themselves, then there's a certain weakness in that says in the Tikkun that the reason why they had such a riches yomim at that time is because the Hamshach was then coming from the level called Erech or Erech Says the Rebbe, these two periods, the time before the Mabel, when the world was more like Mitzad Lema'ilov because of the Chesed of Hashem, and the time after the Mabel, which is more the Lamato attitude, coming because the world itself is becoming more of an uplifted and purified world are all an introduction to the next stage, the third stage of Shnei Aleph and Torah, the two millennia of Torah, that start as a preparation to Martin Torah to connect the El and the Tachtoinim. Says the Rebbe, this is actually also an explanation why Avram and Sara have Yitzchak in, in a, at a much older age. Avram is 100, Sara is 90. Because over here, this is really expressing this idea of connecting these two periods of El and Tachtoinim. That on the one hand, even though at the times of Avram, people are already living shorter and having giving birth at much younger ages, even more than in the ten generations from Noyach till Avram, because at that time the Hamshakh is not coming from this level called Erech HaPayim, which is higher than the world. Rather, it's coming from a level that's already more Shaykh and Lefi Erech in accordance to the world itself. And yet, they give birth to Yitzchak at this very old age, similar to the way things were before the Mabel, when the Hamshachah was from the level of Erech So it's the connection between these two stages of the el and the Tachtin. Says the Rebbe, this Kishor, this connection between these two periods, these two states of the world, the el state and the Tachtinim state, comes out in a revealed way in the birth of Yitzchak, the first one born as a Yid, whose children then go ahead and get the Torah, as it practically is the one that brought about the connection between the Elioinim and the Tachtoinim. Says the Rebbe. In order that Yidin should be able to make that connection between the world, between the Tachtoinim and the level of Elikus, which is completely higher than the world, the Elioinim. So the world itself was created in a way that it also has inside of itself something that's in a certain sense higher than the world. And this is the idea of Shavisa, the rest from work, the rest from the work of creation of the world. As Rashi tells us on the pasuk, "Vayechal Elokim vayoyimashvi Hashem finishes on the seventh day." So Rashi tells us, what was the world missing after six days? What the world was missing was rest. Now Shabbos came, rest came, and now the full work of the world is complete. In other words, that the melecha Abriya, the work of creation of Sheishes and Rashis, that still didn't complete everything about the world. It's only when you have the idea of menucha, the rest, and what's rest in a certain sense, that's the opposite of metzius. In other words, melacha, the the creation of the world that's creating the metzius of the world. Now there's being something given in that's not about the metzius of the world. This is the rest from work. And this is what finally brings everything to its completion. Says the Rebbe, and since every single week everything is repeated again, like from the first week of creation, therefore we also have this idea every single week, that every Shabbos is bringing into the world this concept of Menucha. But now this idea of Menucha of Shabbos, as we said, is really higher than the six days of creation. It's higher than the creation aspect. It's higher than the Mitzvahs of the world. The world itself, in a certain sense, is not really a keili to this concept of Shabbos. As explained in a number of places, that Shabbos is beyond time. And therefore, this idea of Menucha is in an open way, in a noticeable way, is really only in the Panimius and in the inner dimensions of the world. But if you look on the world in the external part of the world, you don't necessarily see any difference between Shabbos and a weekday. To the in the on the on the surface, they seem exactly the same. It's only regarding Yiddin that they are the ones that combine, that connect the world itself, with that which is higher than the world, with El yoinim by them you have in a revealed way this Oyer of Shabbos, even in their metzis. The Rebbe says it's known in regards to the neshama, you say that the extra neshama that comes down on Shabbos in a year that that affects even the Teva of his Nefesh habahamis. The Rebbe says this is why we are, the Halacha says that an it wouldn't lie on Shabbos. In fact, it even affects the body, the physical body Of a yid, the Rebbe brings in the footnote over here that the middle Rebbe said how a doctor told him that the pulse of a yid is different on Shabbos, whereas the rest of the world, since it is very much defined by time and place, which is very much to do with constant movement, the opposite of manucha. So the world itself can't have in a revealed way this concept of manucha, because manucha is again really something that's beyond time and space, which is what the world is all about. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand the reason of why a goy cannot rest on Shabbos. To the extent that he can't even go ahead and take a different day and make it like Shabbos. The whole purpose of the world is that the world, including human beings, should be in a way that's, how is the world created? Chaser it's not in a state of rest. On the opposite, on the contrary, it's constantly movement. There's constantly movement, it's constantly moving, there's constantly work. Which is very much connected to the Metzius, to the, the whole concept of what the world is all about, time and space. Which are all created within those six days of creation. And it's within this world that the Yidden now need to bring in the Menuch of Shabbos, which is going to be higher than the world. And therefore when Abem Noach comes and wants to change the way the world is supposed to be on its own. He wants to bring in a concept of Shabbos in the world, he's going to be Chayiv Misa, he's losing his Metzius. <coughs> his existence because this is the opposite for what for reason, for which one he was created. He was created to make the world, so to speak, a world the way, it, the, way the world is. It's the that's going to bring in the opposite of the world, the Menucha aspect into the world. <laughs> Says the Rebbe, now we can also understand why this idea, this warning to the B'nai that they shouldn't keep a day of Shabbos is specifically connected to this idea of Loyish Boisu. Now simply as we said, it's speaking about the seasons. It's not speaking about not having a day of Shabbos. But really, this idea that Goyim are not supposed to keep Shabbos is really as, as a result of the same idea of Lo Yishboisu regarding the different seasons. Since after the Mabel Hashem set up the world in a way, that the world needs to be a strong Matthias, it's in a way of Lo Yishboisu, it doesn't stop, it keeps on going the whole time. Therefore, the Bnei Noyach cannot come along and try to bring in this idea, which is an opposite idea, the idea of bleakvul, of Shabbos, which is higher than Mitzias into the world. Again, their focus is more the idea of the Mitzias of the world. So if they try to bring in this opposite of Mitzias, this is in contradiction to the strong Mitzias that the world is, which really is coming from a very high place. The idea of ani'avai Loishanisi represents the concept that Hashem doesn't change. So once again, the guy needs to focus on that aspect, leaving the world and making sure the world is constantly running with that Mitzias. And then, of course, again, the yid is going to be the one bringing in something that's higher than the world completely, elikus into the world.